Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast. My name is David Brown, along with my co-host and twin brother, Danny Brown. We're excited to share our thoughts on leadership and public speaking for driven professionals. Professionals who are looking to become more effective communicators. These professionals are also looking to increase their value and their influence, and they listen to our show for that. We want to welcome you to listen along, subscribe, and even explore various topics with us from our perspective as twins. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership lessons from the bubble. This is the NBA bubble. We are a society that loves sports. We love to be able to go out there and watch a game, do things with our family as we're going out there. We're we're looking at the different sporting events. And because of the health pandemic, we've been very challenged and limited in what we're able to do. And so the NBA, to continue the 2019-2020 season, the leaders of the NBA worked with Walt Disney World in Orlando, and they've created this sense of what we call the NBA bubble. And that's what we've been able to look at here in the last couple of weeks. And we're going to continue to see this playoff continue in the NBA bubble. And by the way, if you have some time, go ahead and Google YouTube. You'll see that a lot of these NBA players have been sharing their own personal experiences from the NBA bubble. The highs, the lows, including this NBA rookie uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, Matisse Thibel. He has a YouTube channel where he talks about it and he's recording everything that they're doing. And so that might be something you might want to check out. But today we're going to be talking about lessons that we've learned from watching the NBA bubble. Dan, any thoughts on that for you before we get into it? Yeah, you know, Dave, I think um, just to be able to think about the bubble, for example, and be able to put together a playoff format, the, the ability to gather the NBA Players Association, the ownership group, all that stuff, put them all in one room and to be able to figure this out, that's phenomenal. I mean, 500 plus athletes, coaches, trainers, officials, faculty, uh, I think about how they get it all together and then how often will they be tested? I remember um, actually a couple of the NBA players have YouTube channels where they explore the life of what it's like to be living in, in, in the bubble. And there's a couple that are vegan. Of course, they talk about their meals and, and how they get their meals in styrofoam. And they just, they kind of make fun and lighthearted, lightly lighthearted. I asked myself, wow, this really gives us a, a clue of what they're going through. Yeah, we're all going through our own unique bubble at home, keeping social distancing in order to make sure that people's lives are protected and they're safe. But then this aspect of playing sports, how they're able to replicate this um, make this work. This is very fascinating. I, I look forward to hearing what you have to say about uh, some of the lessons that were learned. When we think about our schools, we think about our work, our employment, we think about organizations, social services, whatever it may be, nobody was equipped to handle this health pandemic. No one. Yeah. No one. No one knew what was the best way to handle it. What was the best thing to do? What's the best way to go forward? This is like all brand new. So what can we do to exercise our freedom, exercise wisdom, uh, exercise uh, and practice public safety, including social distancing, learning, wearing a mask, washing our hands. These are all aspects of uh, what they call a good hygiene, practicing good hygiene in order to make sure that we eliminate or reduce the possibilities of being infected. Can you imagine being next to an athlete running up and down the court, sweating on each other, bouncing off each other, guarding each other? You better hope that person was tested and the test came back negative before yeah. you guys play that night. What do you think, Dave? I agree, Dan. I think it's uh, it's important to note that 
while this may have started as an experiment, you know, we're trying to figure it out and we're mm. really trying to figure it out as we go. And I'm not just talking about the NBA or the major sports franchises. We're talking about every single area of our lives. How are we going to work out our schools? Will our children go back to school full time? Will they have to learn from a virtual environment? What about our organizations? Do we make our employees come back to work? Or do we have them stay home? It has affected every area. And it's true, Dan, we don't know. And we yeah. don't want to play where we're at risk. We don't want to look at this game and this sport as something that we just are casual about it. And so what I wanted to discuss today, and I wanted us to be able to go back and forth, Dan, and really let our listeners chime in and really share their thoughts with us. I want to talk about what I've learned, what I've been seeing from the bubble. And I will say I've been impressed by, by what I've seen so far. I've been impressed by the quality of play. I've been impressed with the creativity and how they use the, the plexiglass, I guess, to protect the announcers and how they've had the fans, you know, on the walls there. And you could literally buy, I guess, the ability to quote unquote, watch the game virtually there. And they pumped in some crowd noises to be able to try to create a more game-like or what we call real-time simulation. And this has been really, really good. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. And so I wanted to share some lessons that I thought might be important for our listeners, important for those who are out there looking at their organizations or maybe just looking at their own families to say, what can we learn from what we're seeing in the bubble? Mm. As I mentioned earlier, it is the very fabric of our country, Dan, that we, we love sports. We love competition. We love to put ourselves in a position where we're thriving to be our best. And mm. that's what we got here. So the first lesson, the first lesson I want to talk about is it only takes one to get it going. Well, what does this mean? Well, I wanted to look at it from this standpoint. Somebody had to come up with an idea to say, how do we get a season? Somebody had to come up with an idea to say, well, how can we get everybody involved? Yep. Somebody had to get the ball rolling or at least get it started to say, let's have a conversation. And so I wanted to talk with, about really Adam Silver and his leadership as a commissioner of the NBA but I wanted to talk about it from Chris Paul's perspective. Why Chris Paul? Well, he's the starting point guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but he also serves, Dan, as the president of the NBA Players Association. And so it took Chris Paul sitting down with Adam Silver to say, let's figure this out. One, does it even make sense to continue having a season? Hmm. Two, if we have a season, how do we make it safe? We're asking you know, literally over 500 people to come into what we would call a contained environment and asking them to sacrifice not being able to be around their families for about three months or so. And then how do we get people to get excited because this is not going to be an opportunity for fans to go to the event. They have to watch the event online or on their TVs. So the first thing I want to talk about, Dan, is it takes one to get started. It doesn't matter how many people eventually get involved. But you eventually have to have somebody say, hey, let's do something. And that's what Chris Paul did. He said, a matter of fact, Dan, that the biggest thing that he learned and that really collectively they had to learn together as a group is what he calls true communication. Mm. He said, we have to learn to communicate. Not every person felt like, literally every person probably felt like they were right, but you couldn't exclude those voices. You couldn't help. Uh, but expect everyone to share their opinion. You had the players, you had the uh, different owners, the ownership groups, you had the different franchise, you had the, what they call the NBA executive members that were players chosen around the league to come mm. and be representation of the different uh, players. So you had all these people come in. Then you had different, what we call interest groups. You had to get involved and figure out where could we have this thing? Yeah, Florida was a hotbed for the, health pandemic but they felt like if they work with disney they could create an environment where they could be situated where they could protect these players and so it, there was a lot going on Dan. but the first lesson i would say is that it only takes one to get it started mm. now in all your years of leadership and your years of work with different organizations dan have you seen this to come to light now i'm not talking about the nba bubble or health pandemic but just even closing deals and getting uh, alliances and partnerships done we'll be right back after this short break We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. 
For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Today, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AppGallop, where cloud meets commerce. AppGallop is a cloud commerce automation and marketplace platform, enabling service providers to drive revenue growth, achieve agility, and kickstart digital transformation. In fact, if you're in the telco space or you're an internet service provider, AppGallop will accelerate your time to the fast-growing cloud market, delivering all the top-selling cloud services to your customers with unified identity, access, subscription billing, and payment management. If you want to sell your cloud platform, you need AppGallop. If you have telco products, circuits, switches, hosting services, whether it's private cloud or public cloud, and you want to include AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google, you want to make sure you use AppGallop, the one-stop platform for digital transformation. Thank you very much, AppGallop. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yeah, so that's a great question, Dave. During this whole time of COVID, a lot of uh, businesses, small businesses especially, have been affected. And as you know, we are both small business owners. And during this time of COVID, we've had to look for ways to be positive about everything. And what I would say is for my business, what I do, cloud computing, as well as uh, us running this business together as well, it's all been great because of our alliances, because of our relationships. We've had uh, the ability to get other businesses together that are small, get into a room together and ask ourselves, how can we help each other during this time? Whether that be joint marketing efforts, so even doing virtual webinars, joint webinars, uh, helping to split the costs, talking to our customers, and then of course, cross-selling our alliances and their products as well and their services has really been helpful. So it is very unique and interesting all throughout life, through wars, through poverty, through depressions and up, ups and downs, you always see the community come together. And when the community comes together, just like the NBA community, they, they call it a family. Yeah. When, when people come together with one common objective, they find ways to work together. They find ways to get through this. They find ways to be able to prosper during down times. And for us in the business community, I've seen that as well. I, I deal with uh, managed services providers. These are individuals that uh, help small businesses with IT services. They've actually done well during this time of COVID, believe it or not. Right. They've been very profitable because everybody's working from home. Yeah, true. But they've only been able to be more profitable because of the alliances and, and relationships they have with other MSPs as well as the OEMs, the manufacturers, to be able to make it work. So I think during this time, the NBA is giving us a lesson as well. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to be in a bubble, but we are all in a bubble per se at home. So what can we do to be prosperous? What can we do? And I think the first thing is go after training. Yeah, Your I company agree. now will offer you training to keep you engaged more than ever before. There's virtual training more than ever before. And I think at the end of the lesson here today, and just our talk, um, Dave, you can share more about how people can find out about doing virtual training through us as well. I agree with you, Dan, and I appreciate you sharing that. And it's true, it, it has changed the landscape of our world and corporate America, educational landscape that we're having to migrate towards an online platform. And it is true, it has made a big difference. And what I've found, Dan, with businesses is that it takes one, when I say the one, it's the attitude and the mindset. It only takes one mindset, one shift to be able to say, we've got to continue. Why do they put the marketing dollars? Why did they put the budgeting dollars into what we call leadership development? Mm. Why did they put those resources? It's to help their employees be the best professionals that they can be because when they feel like they're being invested in, 
they in turn are more productive and help the companies become more profitable. And so this virtual environment where we're at now, we've got to continue to do that. And what I've been working on with other companies, Dan, is trying to encourage them to not cut those budgeting dollars, not, not mm. to cut those dollars and to put more into them because what's going to happen is that they don't give the culture or the impression that they're going to invest in employees. Eventually, I think the employees will start looking elsewhere. Mm. And so that's the thing I would say is you got to have what I call that mindset of it takes one, one conversation, one idea that might be outside the box, maybe helping your employees or these educational opportunities where we're hearing about colleges and high schools or elementary schools are letting their, their students start to do what's called a hybrid learning, wow. where they want them to work from home three days a week and come to school two days a week, and they're shifting it. And it reminds me of my college days, where you have classes Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or Tuesday, Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to shift it to where some of these employees will stay home two days a week and work three days a week in the office or work from home three days a week and work in the office two days a week. Because it's given the impression that we support you we want you to be your best. So it takes one. It only takes one. And today, we might have a listener today saying, what do I, what do, I do? What, do? what do I need to go after? How about just making one decision? One decision to not stop learning. One decision to not stop growing and perfecting your craft or growing in this speaking skill mindset. What, why, don't, why don't you look at that as an opportunity to grow? And I think that's the thing I want really to leave everybody is when I looked at the NBA bubble, I realized that Somebody had to start the conversation. Somebody had to come up with an idea. Somebody say, could this be viable? Could this work? Could this experiment of being in a quote unquote bubble, the sense of protecting everybody from this health pandemic help? Could it work? And you know, so far it's working. Mm-hmm. So far it's working. And so could it work for your organization? It could. I really believe it can. And Dan, you actually led on to one of my other lessons that I've learned. And that's leveraging partnerships. Hmm. How do we leverage partnerships and navigate this turmoil? I know for me, when I look at the NBA bubble, we, 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 we kind of do some research, we can look at it. The NBA partnered with Disney. Yeah. And Disney, as you know, owns ESPN. And so they worked together. And there was an article in the Business Insider. And hmm. it said that Disney had literally saw its profit plunge by 91% or they're estimating about $2 billion of revenue. They, they were hit hard. And so Disney, the parent company of ESPN, I believe they're all ears. They're willing to listen to the NBA and say, hey, how do we make this work? Well, you guys have the wide world of sports there in Orlando, right? Right. Well, let's close everything off. Let's make this exclusive for the NBA players. And, and literally all the staff, the administration, let's leave it for them. And let's create an opportunity for the world to still have basketball while we protect our players under your umbrella. And so that's how the partnership was formed. And through that, you see all the creativity put out there. You were right, Dan. Small businesses have had to be creative in doing it. I've partnered with a production company, a company that produced the course for me, the public speaking course. And we recorded a, two new promotional videos for a public speaking course for the legal sector and a business development course for the legal sector. And I've been in conversation with him about another course I'm developing for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we're working together because we know that money is tight, resources are limited. And if we could create these opportunities and put this out there in front of these other organizations and corporations, then in turn, he could be benefited and profit even more. And so we're learning to build these alliances. I've done things for other organizations and they've done things for me in the hopes that in the long run, we will be better positioned for post-COVID environment or post, you know, this health pandemic. So you've yep. got to have strategic partnerships. You know this very well because part of your job when you are in that role of director of sales and VP of sales is partner alliances. And you have to be able to strengthen those partnerships in order to make sure that all the parties involved benefit and grow together. This is not a time to be so selfish. And I don't know if that's the right way of looking at it, Dan, where you're so isolating, isolated in your own mindset that you're trying to preserve yourself. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, you're actually hurting yourself and all your other partner alliances. Yeah. I agree. I think about um, just the last 10 years, of running global channel teams, having to travel all over the world. 
I would not be successful in my role if we didn't have a great channel practice. And one of the things about having a great channel practice is providing value to your channel partners. Yeah. And you provide value to them by taking all the hard and difficult things that need to be accomplished and doing it on their behalf. That, that means providing them a configuration tool to configure complex uh, solutions, a ability to create a quote tool, ability to have training material, even templates. So people say templates, what do you mean by templates? Marketing templates, yeah. email templates. Uh, these are templates where your partners don't have to think about how to sell your product or how to position your product. These are the things you do for them on your, on your behalf. Because we realize that the more we can do to help our partners, the more it's gonna help benefit us, benefit us financially. In the same sense, as you talked about the NBA and Disney, think about it, these, these NBA players are able to document on YouTube what they're doing. There, there was one rookie and he was on the 76ers documented in his first three uh, YouTube sessions generated over a million views. Because there's some ups and downs. He, he, yeah. He's documenting the, the ups and downs. But at the same time, when they're not playing basketball and they're not sleeping, what are they doing? You got a whole resort there to play with. Yeah. <laughs> let's not feel, yes, let's feel sorry for them and, and realize that they're, they're in a bubble. But at the same time, they get to enjoy the whole aspect of Disney, the, the Disney resort uh, as they do that in partnerships as well. So as we talk about the lessons learned and you spoke about how uh, Chris Paul was able to get things started, it takes one person. It takes one person with a great idea. Yeah. And even today with our relationship with Microsoft, they, they have given us a platform to speak. It, it took one person within their team to say, we should do something about this. We should have an ability to speak with business owners who are minorities and understand where they're at. How are they affected? What can we do as a global organization to make it happen? And we see it on the news. That, yep. Hey, Microsoft's going to donate this much money and Google's going to donate this much money. I don't see it at all. However, one of the things that Microsoft pushes heavily is their partnerships yeah. and how that's so important. And to be able to have the ability to be in a room with other business leaders to speak to them is, is phenomenal. It's very, very, very impressive. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that, Dan. And that's a great point, how we really are positioning ourselves to build great partnerships, build great alliances, and mutually help each other be successful. Yep. And I'm glad to be able to see that in your world of what we call the IT space, you're seeing these organizations align themselves with Microsoft, some of these large organizations too, to get that support, to get that brand recognition, and to further their own their own company and their organization. And that's what I'm seeing here as well, Dan. I've seen coaches come together. We're starting to put aside any potential concerns of competition. And we're starting to realize, no, this is my niche. This is your niche. Let's figure out how to work together. Let's we call it P2P. In exactly. our community, yeah. in our IT community, we call it P2P, partner to partner. Perfect. So it's this ability to work with somebody who you think is a competitor, but not. They have a specialty, you have a different specialty, and together you're able to go after bigger deals, bigger opportunities. I love that. And matter of fact, Dan, I might literally implement that in my practice and even call it the partner partner. Um, uh, and I think it'd be great because I got reached out to by an organization to train and teach on a different, let's say, niche that I'm, I'm not really focused on. And my response was, I could do that, but I have a partner that focuses exclusively on that. And when this topic of diversity, equity, inclusion came up, one of the things that was a challenge to me is, hey, I don't have that experience. I, I don't, I've never served as a director of diversity, equity, inclusion. I've never been in a position where I've been a, a partner or a director in an organization to do this. And so I've aligned myself, Dan, with other professional subject matter experts in the Baltimore, Maryland area, and they've agreed to help me with my program. And they are helping me to construct this workshop and construct my courses that I'm going to be recording here in the next quarter to put out there for organizations to use. That's where alliances come and help. By the way, are you speaking to Frank in Maryland? You know he's the uh, chair for DNI for the Microsoft Channel Partner Community. Well, I'm gonna have to get a hold of him, Dan. I mean, we did connect, and I appreciate you facilitating that introduction. But he and I are now gonna be able to go and have another conversation because. This is what I'm building. And as a matter of fact, I would love to get his insight on that too. And so it's been interesting that 
you can learn a lesson from saying, well, well, can I ask for help? And sometimes that's really the biggest barrier is asking for support, asking for help. When I went at this by myself, initially, when I was approached by this organization to create this course, my thought was, well, I could create this by myself. And the reality was, mm, I probably could, but wouldn't it make sense for me to ask for support and to get people who know what they're talking about involved? And Dan, once I did that, I had about 10, 11 different professionals, presidents, directors, partners, open themselves to say, let's help. Let me share some thoughts to the point where I was getting overwhelmed with the amount of material I was receiving. And so I had to try to simplify. But once I asked for help, I got that. And so even you mentioning today, Dave, reach out to him. That's getting help. And you don't get to where you need to go by yourself as easily as you can with other people, other partners, other alliances. Um, Dan, let me throw something out. We talked about a couple lessons here already. Number one, it only takes one voice, one person, one thought to get something started. We talked about leveraging partnerships, partnerships that can help you navigate challenges that you might be facing. Yep. Here's the third thing I want to talk about in terms of a leadership lesson. It only takes one to mess it all up. <laughs> one knucklehead. One knucklehead. You know, when you look at what's going on here, Dan, with the NBA bubble, and you look at our organizations now, they've created what we call safety guidelines or mm -hmm. protocols that everyone needs to buy in in order for the entire organization to be successful. And so it's important to keep in mind that one person can bring the whole thing down when he or she feels like they're above the law or the rules don't apply to them. And we saw that in NBA bubble, and I'm not trying to ride anybody out because I, I love his game, but there was a player for the LA Clippers who happened to want to get some wings because they are the best wings. These wings are so fantastic at a quote unquote strip club. And so I, I must assume that these have got to be some incredible wings because every chef and all these top chef shows, they always tell you, eat with your eyes first. <laughs> so you think about it, it only takes one to mess it all up. And he could have potentially messed everything up. And you know what's so shameful about it is most times than not, they get, they get discovered or found out versus just coming and presenting themselves and being honest. One person could have brought the whole thing down. Now, this goes to the point about leadership, Dan. Everybody needs to buy into the vision. Mm. You may not agree with every little detail of the vision, but everybody needs to buy into the vision. Because when you all buy in, the ability to be able to say, we're going to be successful increases. The probability of a win increases. But when you have a doubter, when you have a dissenter, when you have someone that says, I'm not going to go with the flow of the program, then that jeopardizes everybody involved. You don't want that person or that organization to be able to say, I don't like this. See, it wasn't going to work. They weren't supposed to be in there anyways. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it takes just one to mess it all up? It does. You're absolutely right. One person comes in infects the team the team infects officials officials affect the coaches the coaches are older they can die i i look at even when you are running a sales team yeah people look at sdrs these are your sales development reps these individuals are doing 100 calls 200 calls at a time a day trying to find new leads for an account manager they set up they're also the appointment center they set up the appointment for the account manager and that account manager brings on a technical person, a sales engineer, and then together, sometimes they need to bring on a product manager. So there's a lot of people that are involved with closing a deal, a closing an opportunity. And one person can mess it up for everybody. And by the way, everyone has a quota. Yeah. So when you think about it from a leadership perspective as a VP of sales, or even a senior director of sales, you have sales managers, senior sales managers, you have the account executives, the account managers, you have the sales development reps, you have your marketing team who does the outbound marketing, who does the inbound marketing, who creates marketing campaigns, who creates landing pages for your website. All these individuals report up to you either dotted line or, or, or direct. 
and one person can mess it up. Mm. One person can say something bad. One person can tell a customer, you know what? I don't care about you. I got hundred people I can call today. I don't really don't care about you. So now you're starting to lose your reputation. And as a leader, I could never be in a position where that would happen. So I take it upon myself, not to just look at the stats, which is so easy for leadership to, leadership to do, but to go meet with every single person on the team, listen on their conversation, talk to them, build them up, encourage them. When they have a bad call, keep them going. One of the toughest jobs in the world is an outbound sales rep. Mm. Making hundreds of calls, calling somebody you don't know, trying to get past the gatekeeper to get to the decision maker. How do you do that? And you're always going to get rejected. Well, take somebody who believes in you to come back and say, you know what? Let's be like Babe Ruth. Let's go at it. Let's keep hitting it. Let's go at it. Let's keep swinging it and swinging it and swinging it. You're going to get a home run. Yeah. We look at statistically, we look at the stats of being a, a great hitter, a really great hitter. You know how many times they strike out? <laughs> you look at the batting average. If you get a, if your GPA or your test score was that average, you would never pass university or pass school, but in baseball, whoa, you're amazing. So I think when it comes from that perspective from the business world, you're absolutely right. It takes one person, one bad apple. Think about the NBA bubble you talked about. You're in a bubble. One person throws an attitude, mm. gives a technical foul, throws it out the game. They even say Draymond Green was the reason why uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers were able to come back and win because he, he didn't play the next game. Who knows if that's really the case? But think about it. Your best defender is no longer playing because he couldn't control his attitude. Mm. That one person may have caused Steph Curry to not to get another ring. Who knows? But don't be the bad apple. Just don't. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. Thank you for checking out the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you're enjoying this program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon at patreon.com slash DSB Leadership Speaking. Also, consider leaving a great rating on iTunes and comment on our other platforms. If you would like more information or would like to become a guest on a future episode, please send a message via our website, www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yeah. And I appreciate sharing that, Dan. That's so true. And uh, if you remember, Rashid Wallace, I think had more technical fouls in the history of the game than anybody else in a season. Mm. And I don't believe that'll ever be matched again because the way the NBA is designed now, you get that second technical foul, you don't play it in the eighth game, I believe. And so it's different, but you're right. The Cleveland Cavaliers were able to win that championship. And a lot of people attribute that to the fact that this guy could not control his emotions. And when he's not on the floor, Draymond's not on the floor, the Cavaliers were able to get momentum. The tide of the series changed and they took home the trophy, right? That's important. Dan, here's another thing I want to talk about when it comes to a lesson that I learned from the bubble. And it's home field advantage doesn't exist. Right. What am I trying to say when it comes to leadership principles? Is It's simple. The playing field is not exactly the same. Yep. You've got to learn to adjust. You've got to learn to be able to have an attitude that's adaptable. You've got to be able to stretch what I would call your comfort zone outside of your comfort zone. Because if you can't stretch outside of your comfort zone and become really comfortable with being uncomfortable, you're not going to make it. And so you have these guys playing for seeding. And what they're realizing now is it doesn't matter if you're getting them first, second, third, or fourth seed. Mm. It doesn't matter because there's no home field. Yeah. What matters is what we call playoff matchups. Mm. So you saw the Utah Jazz. This is going to sound crazy. Go from potentially being the third seed 
all the way to the sixth seed because they wanted to play Denver. That's all they hear about. We think we could beat Denver. And that mm-hmm. was the matchup they wanted. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they purposely try to lose their games. But it was in their best interest to get that sixth seed to play the Denver Nuggets. I was also impressed by the Phoenix Suns. When this came together, we didn't know if they even had a chance. Mm. They couldn't make it. They're in the last place. The potential for them to make the playoffs was minute. Mm. They would have to go undefeated, run the table, and hope that everybody above them loses because they were in last place coming into the bubble on the West, in the Western Conference. And guess what, Dan? They were right there the very last game of the day. They mm-hmm. either needed Memphis to lose or they needed the Portland Trailblazers to lose, and they were in. Yep. They and weren't they, undefeated. What's that? They were undefeated in the bubble. Yeah. The only team that was undefeated in the NBA bubble. So what's the whole point here? You're not going to have home field advantage necessarily. You've got to learn to adjust. You've got to learn to figure out what your new normal is. you got to be able to say – Whatever my comfort zone was, I no longer have that. And so you have organizations even now going, well, I know this is kind of dangerous. We're in this small building and I got to have all my employees back because we're going to hit the end of the year. And this is the biggest time of the year. This is a, and I'm thinking to myself, stop, stop thinking that way, guys. Stretch yourselves, get out of the comfort zone. Yes, maybe key personnel or what we call vital personnel needs to be at the organization. But for everybody else, they can make those calls from their house. Hmm. you've got your inside sales team, the outbound sales calls, guys. They don't need to be in there crammed into a room with 40 other people making calls when they can be doing it at home and still hit their calls every day. But that's what's going on. We've got to stretch outside our comfort zone because if we don't, that home field advantage you think you have, we no longer have it. That's that's another, another lesson I walked away with when I saw the NBA, Dan. I agree. I totally agree with you on that. All right. Um, Go ahead. When we think about our home field advantage, we're all home. <laughs> That's true. So how can we turn it into an advantage? Nice. So this week, I think it's important for everybody to think about how can they turn their home environment into an advantage? I know it's hard. It's very difficult. But what's going on? But everyone, think about this week. How can you turn your home and make it a home field advantage for you? And I love that you said that. I know for, for myself and my wife, and she's been working from home as well. We've been talking about creating routines, making sure that we're following a routine to make it easy for us. We've adjusted our ability to work out, have meals prepared, to be able to keep the same mindset. It's been great. Make sure the Wi-Fi is up and running. Make sure that the kids have their own areas where they can do their work. I can do my work. And so we've created a great environment in our house where we can have what we would call home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And we would take the seemingly unfair, uneven. We threw that out the door by trying to create an environment that works for us. And I believe we're creatures of habit, Dan. We got to create habits or systems that are going to help us to be successful. And so whatever that might be, invest a little bit more money in in a better Zoom package or a better virtual platform. Invest a little bit more money in a better system for your children to be able to work online. Invest a little bit of money to get better lighting. I know that's one thing I'm working on now. Invest a little money to be creative and creating online course content. These are things we're doing because I'm trying to create, at least for myself and my partners, home field advantages for us. My, a matter of fact, Dan, the, the studio, the production company that did my videos told me, Dave, you don't have to come into the studio to record. What, what do you mean? I don't have the equipment you have. He goes, don't worry about it. I'm going to send you some stuff here or there. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to learn to create some of the smaller, what we call offset workshops and classes and material. And then for the big ones, for the actual modules, for the actual high quality content, you're going to come into the studio. I loved it. And even when I came into the studio, the one day I recorded a couple weeks ago, everything was mapped out. There was nobody that was near anybody. Literally, the equipment that was touched, there were gloves, there was... It was amazing, but it was learning to create, like you said, a true home field advantage. That's what I had to do. Now, Dan, here's my fifth lesson. And the last one I want to leave our audience with, and I'm sure there are many, 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 many more lessons that they could have picked up from the NBA bubble. But here's the one that I wanted to kind of really hone in on. Mm -hmm. I learned from watching these athletes, these coaches, 
the executives, administration, the power of using your own voice. Mm. Using your voice. Think about it. These guys went in there saying, nope, we're not going to do the bubble unless we have this, this, this taken care of. Nope, we're not going to do the bubble unless, as you said earlier, there were some that had special dietary needs, unless we knew this was going to be taken care of. Nope, we're not going to do the bubble unless, and there were all these stipulations that were put in place in order to create a successful or at least sustainable environment that could protect everyone there. And as far as I know, Dan, up until this point, they've yet to have a positive COVID-19 test, which is amazing. The other thing I would say about using your voice is this. Think about what's going on in our, in our society, in our country. I'm not just talking about the health pandemic. I'm talking about the social injustices, the, the, mm. the ability to say, is let, let's, let's, uh, let's raise awareness for where we are as a country, the inequality. And so these athletes are using their voice. They're, they're, they're threatening to postpone games, and they did. They were threatening to shut down the entire season, and they could have done that. Mm -hmm. I even think about Chris Paul. I, mean, I know we brought him at the beginning, the president of the NBA Players Association, but he actually, every single game, represented or what we call repped a different HBCU. Mm. <laughs> they were using their voice, weren't they, Dan? And they were. To me, I wanted to just throw out for some of our audience that may not know what an HBCU is, maybe you could talk about it because we both went to an HBCU and what we call one of the Black Ivy League schools. Yep. Thanks, Dave. I think um, when we look at a higher university, a higher place of learning, uh, historical Black colleges and university, that's what HBCU stands for. These are universities that were created to really help educate the African-American community. And today, of course, you see people from all over the world there. Yeah. I remember when we went to Howard as freshmen, we met a lot of Africans. We met people from the Caribbean. Yeah. People from all over North America. It was a, it was a phenomenal place. We, I can never uh, go back I wish I could just go back to when we were there, just the exciting times we've had, the ability to learn about history, real history, right? So this is very important. And I, I remember even back in the days when we were growing up watching the Cosby show and Bill Cosby used to wear uh, HBCU sweaters all the time. And that started building this sense of, of, of pride, of happiness and what it really means. So I'm very grateful that Chris Paul was able to rep that uh, even our own uh, fellow bison this past week, as, as you're aware, um, passed away, but made a very huge impact in fans all over the world. So it is a very unique uh, experience. And I would tell everybody, whether you're, you're, you're African-American or not, even if you're white, it's a great opportunity to learn history from a different perspective, to interact with people all over the world who are different than you. So great experience. I would never trade it for anything in the world. Uh, I'm very grateful to go and get my graduate degree and everything else, but I would never trade the uh, Howard University experience for anything. Yeah, I appreciate sharing that, Dan. And, and for those of you out there that may not be familiar with HBCUs, I appreciate Dan making it clear that a lot of these institutions were really formed and founded on the principle and ideas of supporting African-Americans and furthering their education. And an HBCU is just really a historical black college and university. And we went to Howard University, loved it. Like Dan said, never would change it. Um, really thinking about the loss we had this week of Chadwick passing away. And we talk about the Black Panther. We talk about just continuing to push for excellence. But these, these athletes, Dan, use this to really share their opinion, share their, their conviction, share their attitude. I know it's been controversial for some, but I learned that you could use your stage mm -hmm. and that was their stage. Mm -hmm. And so my challenge for our listeners today is what's your stage? It could be your workplace. It could be your community group. It could be your university and your, your associations. What, what are your stages out there and how are you going to use your voice? I think that people are more sensitive today than they ever been. They're more aware perhaps than they've ever been, but mm -hmm. we all have a different stage, a different platform, and we've got to use our voice, regardless of what it is. Maybe it's not going to be the most popular. Maybe it's not the one that everybody wants to hear, 
but we got to use our voice. And I will say, share this, that the best organizations I've ever been around, some I've been fortunate enough to have worked for, and some that I've been a part of from whether it's being tied in as an associate, being tied in as an affiliate, the best organizations, Dan, have been those that I believe their corporate culture is all about welcoming different voices. The voice of the marketing team needs to be heard as much as the voice of the HR team. Okay. The voice of someone who's a, a, a type A sales rep <laughs> needs to be heard as the newbie rookie coming onto the block. I can't tell you how I've looked at what I'm learning about technology and it's so different. And when we talk about us, we're opposites, Dan, in that sense. You are all about technology. You understand it. I know hardly anything about technology. And yet I've had to learn to open myself to listening to different people share about what I could do to enhance my own technology. That's the platform I'm talking about. That's the stage that people have. And they've got to use their voice and if they don't express themselves on that stage, how can they expect to be heard? It's not going to happen by just assuming your manager is going to come tap you on the shoulder and tell you, and tell you, or ask you rather, can you tell me how to make this better? It's not going to happen because as we've already talked about, most of us have been working from home. Mm. You've got to be willing to use your voice. The NBA players are using their voice. It's being clear to the NBA owners and franchises that they're listening or at least trying to listen. And I think it's got to become clear to our organizations that we really listen to our employees. Mm. If we're honest with ourselves, we didn't hire people that are lazy. We didn't hire people that don't want to be excellent. I believe they're, they're professional. They want to be excellent. They want to be pushed because you believe in them. But if you shut them down, you don't hear them share their opinions, their perspective. Let them have the stage, so to speak then I believe you're only hurting your organization and you're not going to see your organization thrive. What do you think about, Dan, the thought of using your voice, even in this climate that we're in for the health pandemic and social inequalities? What do you think about using your voice in our organizations? More important now than ever before. Yeah. This is where you start to see whether an organization cares more about you or profits. I, I remember working my first job out of college, right, when I graduated from Howard. <clears throat> it was a company called GTE. General Telephone Electric, and and they became Verizon with the merger with Bell Atlantic. Uh, my first time as a sales leader is dealing with the union, so I ran I ran a call center, and when I wanted to sit down with the, one of my employees, I actually have to have a union rep with me. Wow! So, it and the union rep was there to protect the employee. So it was a great opportunity to be in a position where I can see these individuals use their voice without fear. Now, today, we are all fearful of losing a job if we feel like their workplace isn't safe. We all feel like something's not working out. There's a lot of people who fear that. But the NBA players decided to take a stand. Rosa Parks decided, hey, I'm going to keep my seat. And a lot of people decided that in order for change to happen, we all have to make a choice, make a decision. And there's a, there's a smart way of doing it. There's a bad way of doing it. So we have to think about that, even working from home. Tell your employee, I need more assistance. We now know that employees are getting laptops that are configured so they don't have to use their own personal computer, which is great. They're, they're receiving a portion of their bill being paid for because they're using up telecommunications, internet, VoIP, electricity, they're using up more internal sources than they ever have before. So to hear that one employee stand up and ask for better opportunities to do a better job for that employee, it's helped out a lot. And more people are standing up for that. So I think it's very important to use your voice, to use it the right way. If you have a passion in your heart, great. Speak up about it. But be wise in how you do it. Be tactful. And understand that your one decision can actually help spark movement for others. Yeah, that's so true, Dan. And I appreciate you sharing that. So these are just some of the lessons that we've taken away from the NBA bubble. And hopefully it's been helpful for you and you could apply it to your everyday life. But just to recap real quick, uh, the, the five things that we talked about briefly in this time together have really centered around what we call leadership principles. And the mm -hmm. first one was it only takes one to get it started. One conversation, one idea, something from really outside the box. You've got to have that outside the box thinking to make something happen. The second thing we looked at was 
you got to leverage, leverage partnerships. You've got to be able to bring in certain partnerships and alliances if you're going to see yourself through this time. This is a challenging environment that we're facing. And if you're going to na navigate this turmoil, you've got to bring in the right type of partnerships. Who are they? Why are they going to be those people for you? How are you going to serve that role for somebody else? Third thing we looked at is it only takes one to mess it all up. Don't be that knucklehead. Don't be that organization that wants to quote unquote isolate themselves that you don't really put yourself in a position to be successful. We've got to think long-term people. We can't think short-term. We got to look at the bigger picture. The fourth, <laughs> the fourth thing we looked at was home field advantage. There really isn't the same home field advantage anymore. You've got to come to a point where you acknowledge you resolve that you're gonna go beyond your comfort zone. And the last thing here is we gotta talk about using our voices. We gotta get on the stage, use our voice to make a difference. What is your stage today? And if you know what your stage is, are you going to use your voice so that you can be heard? And if you're not being heard, it's because you're not using your voice. You need your organization to listen to you. And organizations out there want to listen or they should listen to you. Mm. These are the things that we talk about. Why? Because the NBA had a plan. And because there was a plan, there was a greater opportunity or a greater chance for success. Mm -hmm. What's your plan today? And if you learn these lessons and you formulate the right type of plan, your organization not only has a chance to be successful now, but they have a chance to position themselves to be successful in the long term. You know, this has been another episode of the Twins Talking Up podcast. Along with my twin brother, Danny, I am thankful that you tuned in to listen to our show today. If you are enjoying this program, I want to ask you to subscribe and consider giving it a five-star rating. More than that, if you're enjoying this program, share it with your friends, share it with all the other different organizations and professionals out there, and even consider being a Patreon supporter. And you could go to patreon.com forward slash DSB leadership speaking. And that's where you can support this platform. We're going to see you next time when we come together to talk more from our perspective as twins on the Twins Talk Up podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.